This podcast is brought to you by Bruner Communications, your best resource for public speaking, presentation, and storytelling skills. Visit lizbruner.com and take your skills to the next level. No matter how fortunate we are, every single human being in life will experience some form of adversity. It could be a small challenge. It could be an enormous monumental catastrophe. None of us is immune. But how we deal with it is what makes the difference. Hello, everyone. I'm Liz, your host of Live Your Best Life with Liz Bruner. And my guest today has not only survived three deadly cancers, He's written a new book that offers a simple method to overcome any kind of adversity. Rob Hiller, welcome to my podcast. Well, Liz, it's great to be with you and especially with someone that is so uh, accomplished at what you do. So I consider it an honor to be with you. Well, it's very kind of you, and I'm thrilled to have you here today. And first of all, congratulations on beating not one, not two, but three incurable cancers and live to talk about it. How are you feeling today? I feel um, totally healed, (laughs) great, energetic, and just it's great to be alive. Indeed. Well, that wasn't the case not all that long ago. You're at the gym, you're working out because you're taking care of yourself, and you're on the floor doing a plank, and suddenly you feel this jarring pain in your abdomen. And you wisely went to the doctor, and the first thought was, maybe it's a hernia. But it turned out to be so much more serious than that. Talk us through that. Well, in in Minnesota, beginning of April, uh, the snow usually is starting to go bye-bye and almost gone. And so golf being one of my favorite pastimes, I knew that uh, I needed to really ramp up the getting into shape. And when I went to the doctor after feeling these incredible pains, I kind of felt like this wasn't a hernia. It was something more. What I remember is going through the, some of the various tests and then the doctor calling me back here at my office and saying, um, you have cancer. Mm. And then I said, what, what do you think? He said, I think it's more than even that. So um, you need to go to Mayo Clinic. Wow. I you got a, a immediate appointment down there. And then I went through another uh, week plus of tests in uh, Mayo Clinic. And that began a journey that changed our life. I, I can almost say that uh, it's one of those eureka moments where things really do change. Yeah. And uh, when I sat down with my wife and I, with Dr. Preek at the end of all these tests, I said, uh, so Dr. Preek, what is the situation? He said, well, you don't have one cancer. Uh, you don't have two. You have three. I think one's kind of enough. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Two sort of seems like, whoa. <laughs> I remember my immediate reaction to the doctor was, well, I got the trifecta. That began, uh, again, a whole different realm of uh, dealing with adversity. Now, this is what I've taught for 25 years. Right. uh, To business leaders and people in general and, you know, this power of three. Now, it was really in my lap because this is a life or death circumstance. And I remember Dr. Briggs saying to me, he said, 
Uh, Rob, you need to be here Monday morning and seven o'clock we will start. So my thinking initially, because I had helped some uh, be with some women that had gone through breast cancer, I sat with them uh, uh, by a chair was, you know, that was like an hour, hour and a half. I was thinking, well, maybe an hour, half, two hours, I'd be done. Well, we started at seven that following Monday and it finished at five o'clock. And that was continual chemo. Did you ever ask yourself after that diagnosis, why me? Why me? When I was sitting in my office, the first question that I think is normal when you get something this big, and quite frankly, in life in general, I mean, any one of your listeners, if something all of a sudden invades your life and it's adversity, you're going to say, why me? I mean, that's a very normal common reaction. Thing. Yeah, yeah it, it, it is totally normal. But I immediately just remembered, of course, what I thought, yeah. which is you don't ask why questions because they, they're going to go nowhere. I didn't know why. It really, actually, at that point, didn't make any difference why, because I had these uh, three deadly cancers. Mm. And so I immediately went to asking the right questions, which is, what can I do now to move forward in some small way? How can I level myself? Mm -hmm. What can Pam and I do together to begin to handle this? Right. That led to a cascade of Pam getting on the internet, learning about all these cancers that I had, to making some phone calls to people, calling our pastor, calling some friends, and then I'm just praying. Sure. You know, this is a pretty uh, deep situation in other people's lives, because as you said in your intro, you know, adversities come in small sizes and big sizes. Yeah. But for some people, it may be, I, my lousy boss was just awful. <laughs> he just berated me or they don't listen to me or whatever the situation, you know, would be. Or I have a lousy relationship with, it seems, my child mm -hmm. and they've gone rogue. I mean, everyone has something. Absolutely. Asking why does not help. You then begin to realize that you asking why doesn't help. And you also, as you mentioned a moment ago, you needed to begin to practice what you've been preaching to your clients for 25 years as an executive talent coach, that power of three. The power of three is the title of your new book. What is the power of three? It is a simple method to help anybody become a better coach, leader, or person. It's great for marriages. <laughs> it's great for when you raise kids. When we learn how to employ all three of those, which is ask, activate, and advocate, it becomes like the triangle, which is the strongest geometric shape known to man. The pyramids were built in triangles. The bridge you drove over maybe this morning or almost all of them have triangles in them to support the weight your trusses in your uh, roof and the floor joists are all triangles. Mm. We experience that, but we, they're kind of invisible to us. And when I discovered that if you do these three things, ask, activate, and advocate, it's almost impenetrable. You will have far greater success that way because you won't end up doing things that are going to actually cause more problems. 
This book has been described as an amazing story of tenacity, courage, and survival. So from a personal perspective, how did you use that ask, activate, and advocate, that power of three, to move through your five months of cancer treatments? When I finished the first 10 hours of chemo that day and sat in that chair, and they handed me this final pill, which was a trial drug pill, Dr. Briggs said, when you put this in your mouth, you cannot touch it. It needs to go in, and you need to drink a glass of water. And if it falls on the floor or you touch it, you need a Clorox and wipe it off immediately. That's kind of scary. <laughs> I said to him, and I'm putting that in my system. He said, yes. I knew that the best thing that I could be doing is focusing on the things that were more in my control than out of my control. And when we drove home after 10 hours of chemo that day, it's an hour and a half back from Mayo to where we lived in Minneapolis. I was so sick, you know, all these chemicals in me. I sat there and just said, what can I do right now in these next minutes just to make it further? So I would focus on some beautiful things in our life. So those were the ask questions, right? What can I do? What's in my control? How can I respond in a holistic, better way than just to say, oh, poor me? That would not be helpful. No. And then the activate is actually taking action on that, I would presume? As the weeks went by and I would keep doing the chemo and then have to be home, the doctor said, you can't touch dirt, you can't touch grass, can't be out real long because you don't have any neutrophils and lymphocytes to uh, counteract what's going on. So I was doing COVID before COVID was ever known, (laughs) staying in. What I did do is I activated a couple things that I knew were strengths of mine, which is I wanted to live. I was competitive. I didn't want to lose. And the second thing is I'm an optimistic person in general. What I would do is I would call up friends, people that I knew sitting on the couch in the afternoon being so sick, and say, how are you? Can you tell me how you're doing? And they would talk and we would just have a conversation. Finally, they would say, Rob, did I hear, are are you sick? And where are you? I said, I'm home. Well, this one person, Roger, said, good, I'll be right over. He hung up the phone, came over at our doorstep in 20 minutes, sitting down with me. And all that came from activating Mm-hmm. Just a natural gift that I think I have and I developed over the course of time. So that part of it really helped in return. I had a friend for an hour that just listened and cared. Mm-hmm. And you know, at that point, when you're that sick, your bones ache, and you're struggling with life, just to have someone there mm-hmm. was incredible. You know, it's, it's interesting because this past year plus of the pandemic, many people have begun questioning everything in their life, including their careers. And when you consider that 70% of people working today don't like where they are, and maybe that number's even gone up because of the pandemic, how does your book help them move forward? When you're stuck at home, you're kind of on edge you're asking yourself, oh my Lord, and I'm, I'm on my 10th Zoom call for the day or week or whatever it is. It becomes lonely. What I've taught over the years is let's identify, let's write down, and I, this is all in the book, charts, graphs, 
these things called dip questions, which are really helpful if you want to get out of where you're at. So you combine the activate or the asking of questions with dip questions into activate those things that are your strengths, the things that you can bring to bear. And when you're aware of them, you'll do them. Mm-hmm. When you're not aware of them and you're focused on all the other negative things, that's not going to happen. The third part of that ring is advocate. When you advocate for others and then selectively go out and develop advocates, you can be in a much better position. So remember when I said I was calling other people? Mm -hmm. Now remember, I'm really sick. I am not well. And when I did that and they found out that, one, it made me feel better that I was helping, reaching out. And secondly, the people's reaction to that were, you know, incredible. Mm -hmm. The day I walked out of the barber and they took off the last part of my hair, which happened almost immediately, it was a windy spring day. You know, I have longer, not real long hair, but longer hair. (laughs) And I remember saying to myself, wow, isn't this great? I don't have to comb my hair anymore. (laughs) I don't have to worry about this. And guess what? Shampoo, goodbye. I don't need you anymore. And so I chose to activate, again, the optimistic, take the best out of the best and look at the things that were potentially a positive and run with those. You are the CEO of Performance Solutions MN, and you've worked with clients in guiding them to find the right talent for the right job. And you've worked with more than 25,000 people. As an executive coach myself, I'm really curious, what do you think is the most common challenge that people face when it comes to their talent, no matter their industry, no matter their age. What have you noticed over those 25 years? What I've noticed for the people who are struggling somewhat in that arena, they have not learned the art of asking great questions. That also applies to yourself. When you can do that, you can coach yourself even. Mm-hmm. So that is an important item. And so, you know, when I'm coaching or working with anybody or doing leadership sessions or just with friends, I'll ask them, so what do you think would be the next best step for you? And they will sit there and go, oh, I never thought of it that way. The other part is most people, they're aware of some of the things they're good at, but they've never really taken stock. What do you do naturally that just comes so easy? When I was writing the book, I fortunately had uh, my dog, Bentley, as a companion at times. And Bentley is naturally an optimistic person. He's a Labrador. He's happy all the time. And it doesn't make any difference what happens. That sort of rubbed off on me and helped me. But I would say we don't know our talents the way we should. Therefore, we're either in the wrong job, wrong role, or wrong profession. Mm -hmm. The last part is we tend to, because we're so busy doing whatever we're doing, not to develop advocates. And that is one of the keys to be uh, of the power of three, the triangle, to having that strength, which is to connect with your faith, your family, and your friends. Mm. And that makes one of the biggest differences for living a life that you can be excited about versus, oh boy, here I go again, or here's another Zoom call, or yeah, I'm making it through this, but, you know, big deal. Mm -hmm. You actually got into this end of the business, the consulting business, after having been a CEO of a high-tech company for eight years. And you sold your interest in that company, and then you took a bit of a hiatus. 
Why did you take the hiatus and what did you learn about yourself during that time? One thing I learned is I sure wanted to solve the problem about putting the right talent in the right job because <laughs> we grew so fast that th- that was a lot of the problems. Not that people were bad or not good. It's just that they were in the right role. I, I didn't know how to do that. So that was one thing. But when you get a chance just to step back, by the way, you don't have to take a ton of time to do that, but maybe it's a day where you get away. It maybe it's a week, you know, like a vacation or two weeks. But whatever that is, when you get time to reflect and then ask yourself great questions and learn to identify your what you're naturally good at, your natural talents help you discover your purpose mm. because God gave those to you. Mm-hmm. Those are not something that you went and earned. You know, like I can't teach Bentley, my Labrador, to be a guard dog because he loves everybody. He invites them in <laughs> to go take all the things that you got, have the TV. It wouldn't make any difference. I think those are really critical areas. And once I did that for myself, I said, I need to get back to help people because I love that. It's passionate. It's intuitive. I've learned a lot over the past you know, many years. So why don't I just go do that? Mm-hmm. And that began the second part of my career. Let's talk about Bentley for a moment because The Power of Three, which we've focused on mostly, uh, is not your first book. Stop Barking and Start Leading was your first book, and you have yet another book coming out later this year, Running with Joy, which both is involved with Bentley, your lovable (laughs) lab that you just talked about. Connect the dots for us here and how the lessons from Bentley can show us the way and why you wrote these books. Of the books that I wrote, the most significant is The Power of Three, the one that I believe is transformational. The others are really helpful. The one that's coming out running with joy is a book about when we do and grab on to our natural talents, man, we can run with joy because mm-hmm. you don't have to work as hard. Yes, you have to perfect it. Just because Michael Jordan was a great basketball player didn't mean that he didn't shoot baskets. Right. But I'll tell you, it was a lot easier for him <laughs> doing that <laughs> than for like you and I or the listeners. So also from just a relationship standpoint, We all have relationships that can be strained, especially through COVID. The power of three and then the follow-on running with joy, I think, are like a one-two gift to help all of us become better people, better husbands, better wives, better friends, better parents. And, you know, I think had I started earlier doing this, I would have done a lot better job being a parent. Mm. You know, when my kid came home with a C on their or D on their report card, I wouldn't have responded like, what the heck's going on here? Mm -hmm. How come you did that? Why? Mm -hmm. Again, back to a bad question. Right. What I, of course, teach today is, you know, Ryan, what would you say would be the reasons that from your vantage point, you ended up with this? How do you think that you could turn that around? Do you want to turn it around? So it's putting things in perspective and not making people or situations defensive. Well, if you would like to learn more about Rob and his newest book, The Power of Three, just head over to robhiller.com. That's R-O-B-B-H-I-L-L-E-R.com. Rob, thank you so much for sharing your story with us today and, and giving people tools to help deal with life's challenges by asking those right questions so that we too can live our 
best life. It's been great to hear your story. And thank you for having me. And what a blessing you are to your audience, because what you're doing is absolutely needed. Thank you so much. Appreciate that. And thanks to all of you for listening. May Rob's story and all the stories that you hear on this podcast let you know that you are not alone and that we can all choose in many different ways to live our best lives. Until next time, be well. This podcast is brought to you in part by Fast Twitch Media, helping people tell their stories and giving them worldwide reach. The future is in the cloud and Fast Twitch Media can take you there. Be your best digital self. Check out fasttwitchmedia.space.